You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast with Allie, a fiery realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. Hello and welcome to the Twisted Sisters podcast. I am one of your hosts, Samantha Mello. I am doing a solo podcast today. Allie is gone. She's had a really busy week. And so I used to be really scared of these a little bit more or not scared. I think they challenged me and now I've really come to enjoy them. I'm not sure ever what I'm going to talk about. Usually it just kind of comes up with whatever I'm going through in my life or whatever has maybe struck my attention at the time. Almost kind of like how I journal or um, just what I choose to learn about. And uh, I thought I would share with you guys some um, journal uh, prompts that I have heard and learned of that I, actually they weren't they're not given as that, but to me, that's what they became. And one is on anxiety, one is self-sabotage, and one is forgiveness. And these were really interesting takes on all of the subjects. And I know you guys have heard me talk about different, we've brought up obviously these subjects in the past on other podcasts, but um, you often hear me kind of say like, gosh, anxiety just seems so like there's so many variables, right? Variables. It's just how do you nail it down? How do you, is it from, you know, trauma? Is it this? Is it that? Well, of course it's from all of those things, but I found these takes to be really interesting and I wanted to share them with you. So the guy that I was following or am following is um, Arian Samawi, Samui. I hope I didn't botch his name, but he's really incredible. And the way he looks at everything and how he really gets into detail and depth about these subjects just really kind of blew my mind. And so I'm going to share them with you today. And hopefully it kind of gets you thinking into your life about, you know, basically why you're having the reactions you're having why maybe anxiety is being struck in you and you can have all these and it's it's hard to look into depth but I feel like this kind of gives you a tool and a greater understanding on how to actually stop and look into that so um, like I said I've just been journaling on these subjects because it really opened my eyes into a lot of areas that I didn't even really recognize could obviously be a part of um, different reactions that I have now. Um, Yes, have I had some crazy trauma? Absolutely. But there are things that go back however long ago that you don't even recognize affect your self-esteem, affect your self-talk, affect um, just you emotionally. And really what it all comes down to is how we protect ourselves. And that is really what I found very interesting in this all. So... We're going to start with how to heal anxiety. So he says, your anxiety isn't because of what is happening now. Most of us don't really understand why anxiety is. Example is, 
You can either feel physically or you can feel emotionally. For example, if I was to cut my shoulder, I would feel a sensation. That would be a physical feeling. That sensation might be tinglingness and might be pain. And if I was to feel emotionally, I could feel emotions like anger, shame, love, empathy, guilt. Anxiety is an emotional feeling, but anxiety itself is not an emotion. Anxiety is a mask of a of a suppressed emotion. That means there is an emotion under the sensation of anxiety. We can feel an emotion that is unknown to us. That is the sensation that we have come to call anxiety. You had many experiences in your life that have fallen in the definition of emotional trauma. These are experiences that you were emotionally distressed without having any resolution for that distress. And the way we keep um, ourselves in those moments is by rejecting the parts of ourselves that are feeling that. For example, as a child, I may have been angry. But if my household did not allow me to be angry, so they would always reject me for, the, for being angry. Now, what I am learning in that moment is that the angry part of me is not acceptable. This is what pushes me away. This is the reason I can't maintain sorry, the connection with people around me that I rely on for my survival. So in in an attempt to maintain that connection from the people around me, I reject this part of myself. I reject it by putting it somewhere. I don't have a conscious awareness of which is my subconscious. Sorry, I end up putting it somewhere. I don't have the conscious awareness of. So you don't really know where you're putting it in, but it's in your subconscious. This is emotional trauma. Trauma is not only when something really big happens like death in the family or a car crash or sexual abuse. Trauma happens a lot more than you think. However, more, you would would think even more than that. This is such a normal way that a human being deals and handles with experiences and situations such as this. The part of ourselves that we are rejecting is an aspect of ourselves. You are an entire ecosystem. You are not one part, but you are multiple, multiple parts. And you can change parts within a sentence. The reason you think you are one part is because you have been called by one name your entire life. You can be triggered to feel an emotion trying to turn the page here. Okay. <clears throat> if I am triggered to feel what this at, if I am triggered to feel what this of is of myself that I have rejected, but I rejected it for so long and so much that I don't even know what that emotion is anymore. So the emotion is coming to me in that of a trigger. And this is an unknown emotional feeling. That is what we call anxiety. There is no like anxiety levels in 
terms of all my anxiety is in this one place. If I feel anxiety here, it's going to be completely different from the feeling of anxiety somewhere else because it might be another aspect of myself that I have rejected for so long that I don't even know the emotional feeling anymore. All these sensations of my anxiety that I am feeling are actually trying to get my attention in order to be healed. You can heal your anxiety. Talk about your anxiety. Anxiety is a communication. So when you are getting anxiety, it is your body saying there is an unhealed emotion there. And so it's saying, go look and find out, take a deep look at those areas and what it's triggering for that anxiety. Is it like, I love the example he uses, like, are you not able to use anger? Um, Or when you did show anger, were you rejected? Um, Those types of things actually are very, are very parent in my life. I can, I can go through a lot of different areas and see, um, the behaviors and the things that I were never, I was, I was not safe. I was not allowed a safe place to be in those. So you learn to push it aside instead of healthy ways on how to have dealt with it. You learn to push it aside so that you can perform and be better and not be shunned out. And so you learn how to create the person that works best to, get a buy in society or to maintain relationships with friends or family. Um, I think a lot of this really goes into family too, um, majority probably. But um, you learn the things that you need to do in order to create that smooth ride. But you don't even recognize that when you do that, you're shutting parts of yourself down in order to basically make other people happy and those fears and all these things start to come up and rise and it is in the form of anxiety. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, And so what I've been doing is trying to go through different parts of my life where I have had anxiety and what at the moment did I think was causing it and now what is it in my past of past (laughs) what's the emotion that I've been shoving down and turning away that is really starting to come out in this anxiety. So I want you guys to take that. And the next one is self-sabotage does not exist, he says. He says, there is no such thing as self-sabotage. Self-sabotage isn't what you think it is. He explains how this is the case. One of the ways we protect ourselves is by doing the thing that is being done to us ourselves. Example, let's say as a child, I liked the idea of dancing. I like to dance in general. So in front of my family or anyone, I start dancing and I start moving my body and I start having so much fun with it. Now in that moment, I start getting slammed on by people around me. Maybe someone says, what are you doing? Why would you do that? That's so stupid. You look ridiculous. Stop doing that. Now I will start to feel shame. That shame is an emotion in that moment I experience in the distress and the embarrassment and all the things that you're going to feel. This is emotional distress. And because the people around me 
are not emotionally available enough, no one is there to help me resolve this emotional distress. And any emotional distress without resolution is what emotional trauma is. So in that moment, I learned from the experience that an aspect of myself learns that it is not safe to do what I am doing, which is dancing in front of people because that is what makes me feel shame. And in the same, I am ridiculed. I am talked down to. I am pushed away. Now, maybe the next day or week after again, I have the desire to dance again. So I go to dance, but I have learned from this experience and that aspect of myself has learned to not put myself out in that position. So the way that the aspect stops me from putting myself in that position and doing the same thing that was done to me. Saying the same thing that was said to me. So there is a part of myself that will say to me, no, 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 no. Don't do that again. Don't go there. You looked ridiculous. You looked stupid. What are you doing? Don't even try it. This is now a part of my self-talk and this self-talk keeps me safe. Keeps me safe from stopping myself or putting myself in a position where I feel the shame that I felt in the first time or that I felt the first time that emotional distress. So now I have adopted a part of myself that keeps me safe by speaking to myself that way that I have been spoken to. This is now a learned behavior on how I keep myself safe and this behavior runs in the background unconsciously. To me, for my entire life and as an adult, I may talk to people and express my desires to dance, but then I can follow up with, but I just don't feel comfortable enough to dance. And that is completely valid and normal because of what I've been through. Now, someone may look at me and say, well, just go and dance. You can dance. Just, you just stop your, or you just stop yourself every time you try to. Just go dance. Just go dance and try it out. You're self-sabotaging yourself. Just don't tell yourself no. But there is no such thing as self-sabotage. But this is how we learn to keep ourselves safe. So you don't want to do it because you want to keep yourself safe. Any type of way that you might be self-sabotaging is actually an alert behavior of how to keep ourselves safe. You are not doing anything wrong. You are just all the behaviors you see at the root of them, always coming from how to stay safe, which most of the time is unconscious to you. You are not doing anything wrong. This was like mind-blowing to me because it was like, I think there's so much shame and guilt in self-sabotage. It's like, why do I keep doing this? What is this? Or why why can't I do that? Why don't I feel okay to do that? Why am I so confident in some areas and I'm not in others? And you play that role back and forth. And I think especially with the self-sabotage, I mean, you do, you feel this like, this shame, this guilt, this 
you you just don't want to put yourself out there in certain ways or it's the only way you know how to put yourself out there because you know the reaction, you know the response, and you're already prepared for that. So I feel like this was such a great way to look at it as like you are just doing the things that you have learned over time on how to keep yourself safe. And we learn these aspects throughout our entire life, which is absolutely incredible, right? Because our human anatomy, our bodies are, are crazy incredible on how we naturally do this. But when you stop and start to dissect why, let me tell you, it's mind-blowing. So the last one I want to talk about today is for forgiving someone. Um, I just, this was kind of an interesting topic to hear kind of his little snippet on because forgiving is such a interesting concept to me. Um, and I think it depends on religion. It depends on yourself, how you've grown up. Um, I know in my past, it's very much like you forgive people as Christ has forgiven us and everything is washed away clean. Um, and although I think Christ does do that for us, I think that this is hard to do when you also need to set boundaries and not allow certain behaviors back into your life and how they've affected you. And um, that is always a tough one for me. Like, how do you keep your boundaries with somebody? And how do you say, you know what, like, I forgive you, but I don't really... Um, like, I don't really ever want that to happen again. And you can say that, but where's the point where you set up your own boundary versus when you just tr- like con- allow their behavior to continue? So it's like, if I forgive and forget, is that just saying like, okay, your behavior is okay? Like, you just continue it? Or, you know, and obviously it can go back and forth, different relationships, but this is where my mind goes. I think about things and I like to just kind of dissect things. And so forgiveness has been one that's kind of been on my mind a lot lately. So I want to share what he wrote or what he says about forgiving someone doesn't mean you are okay with what they did. It's hard that it is called forgiveness because it doesn't really give any explanation of what it's actually happening, what is actually happening and what is going on. It would make sense if we just stop looking to go down the path of forgiveness because it makes so much harder when you do that. When it comes to healing in terms of forgiving, it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, I'm okay with what happened. I even okay, or even okay, I allow you back into my life, which I kind of liked that. When it comes to healing, and I'm going to repeat it. When it comes to healing in terms of forgiving, it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, I'm okay with what happened or even, okay, I allow you back into my life. It's a different type of forgiving. We've all grown up learning that when you forgive, that means everything is back to normal and everything should be um, the way it was before. No, that's not what forgiving is. First, forgiveness is not the goal. The goal is letting go. What am I letting go of? I am letting go of the unhealthy way that I have been meeting an unmet need from an experience in my past. 
So it's interesting to me. Once I learn how to meet that need in a healthier way, then I let go of the unhealthy way, which may be resentment. (laughs) And by letting go of resentment, I don't resent that person anymore. So the outcome of that is I've forgiven the person, but that's all for me. So I'm no longer holding resentment towards them, which is forgiveness towards them. Which then I don't use regret. Uh, excuse me. Which then I don't use resentment. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Never. Let's go back. <laughs> I am letting go of the way that I am using whatever it is that I am to meet an unmet need. I am doing all of that internally which then I don't use resentment against anyone else, but that it doesn't mean I need to let that person back into my life. It doesn't mean that I am okay with what happened. I cannot be okay with what happened and have a healthy reaction to it. Forgiveness is not acceptance. Acceptance is a very different thing to forgiving. And I love this. If you accept someone's behavior, if you choose to accept it, then that behavior will continue. Forgiveness and acceptance are two completely different things. And I love that it is separated into two different things. You can forgive someone without being okay with what they have done. And it is completely okay if you don't want to let them back into your life, even though you forgave them. So I really just loved the the separation of forgiveness and acceptance. And obviously, all of our situations are completely different. Um, Obviously, depending on, you know, what's going on and what happened and different things like that. But just because someone is asking for forgiveness. And I think that's where people get it twisted when somebody or you're in relationships and somebody breaks your trust in an area and they come and they're asking for forgiveness. And it's in the most humble way possible, which is amazing, right? And you can still appreciate it. You can still say, thank you for coming in an authentic way. I appreciate that. But, um, and you can forgive them without accepting the behavior and saying, um, you knew this behavior was wrong, yet you chose to do it anyways. And when there's a pattern, especially a pattern of behavior where they almost continue doing it, but maybe this time they got caught. And so that's why they're forgiving. Or I I mean, there's so many things, right? Um, You know, or maybe you're not paying attention and you and something accidentally happens and you you hit you know somebody's dog and you just feel terrible and you're you know asking for forgiveness and you can definitely always you can forgive them and still not accept the behavior and the fact that they weren't paying attention you know it doesn't mean you have to welcome them in with loving arms and be like come here and be my best friend but you can do that and the best part of it is all all of it is that really what it comes down to is us realizing when we realize the needs in us that haven't been met the needs in us that the thing that happened to us in the past when we heal that aspect of us so if somebody cheated on you but 
you know, in your past, you witnessed your parent, your father being unfaithful to your mother, whatever the situation is, you're going to have a wound from that. You're going to have a wound from, you know, uh, previous relationships or whatever the situation is. And so when you go back and you heal that, you are taking that resentment away. And that resentment is what holds us down personally. And so I thought this was a really great, um, just little like journal prompts on if you're looking and you just want to write and you don't really know what to write about or if you want to kind of dissect into things, but sometimes it can feel a little bit heavy or like too much, which I totally understand that. I really liked listening to these because it gave me a new outlook on um instead of like looking at a situation head on, it made me really just stop and look back into like, well, what would have caused that type of resentment? Or what would have given me that type of behavior, that kind of response? And two, I feel like when I met with another situation where Maybe I'm having to communicate with somebody about forgiveness or I'm having to communicate with somebody about, you know, or, you know, I use the joke of I'm self-sabotaging or whatever it is that um, I'm going to choose my words a lot more wisely. I'm going to stop and actually really think about how am I saying this and what am I saying? And when somebody is asking for forgiveness, I can go and say, you know what? I forgive you, but I do not accept your behaviors that I'm not okay with. And this is how I set my boundary. It doesn't, and and that's where I've always felt that push and pull of, you know, I want to forgive you and I want to do it with my whole heart. But part of me feels like I have to just wipe this clean and just accept that you have crushed my heart with your actions. And that is just not how that has to go. And I love that. So it really gave me words and it gave me a way, I think a new vocabulary and a new outlook on just situations in general. And even with my kids and relationships around me on how to better handle that and more or less um, not put the focus on the other people, but really just put the focus on me, which is what I can actually control. And that so many of these things, all of these things, it was anxiety, self-sabotage, forgiveness, it all comes down to our bodies trying to protect us and our mind and our emotional states and how we learn these tactics. And it goes, we don't even realize we're doing it. It's in our subconscious. And we are learning this. And we are having to figure out why and where it's coming from. And when you start digging into that and releasing a lot of it, it's amazing how I feel like you just kind of, you recognize that you don't have so much control over anything else except for yourself. And so what I have control over is my thoughts, what I choose to do that day, how I choose to go forward, if I choose to smile today, what kind of attitude I choose to have today, just all the things. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys. And I I hope you guys took something away from it too today. Um, But thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys had a fantastic St. Patrick's Day. Um, I had to work, but we were pretty lucky that night. So we made some good money and it was a really enjoyable time. 
And uh, I hope you guys are just really enjoying your week. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Twisted Sisters podcast. Truly love all of you guys. Till next time, peace out, stay twisted. Thank you for listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. We'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and Samantha. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Twisted Twisted sisters. sisters. We're all a little twisted.